Welcome to Fright Night Minute, a daily podcast where we discuss the original 1985 horror movie, Fright Night, one minute at a time. I'm Robin. I'm Leonard. And welcome back to the podcast, Matt Mortensen from Fun V Podcast. Hey guys, it's nice to be here again. Thanks for having me. Yeah, uh, is Ed still dying? Is that that what's happening? (laughs) Yeah, I'm looking to my left here. He's still uh, ruining my carpet, I guess. (laughs) Well, if that's your carpet, you don't fucking vacuum it anyway. (laughs) (laughs) This is Minute 84 of Fright Night. It begins with the final death of Evil Ed and ends with Jerry's whistling. Do my eyes deceive me or is my... Baby gone. Um, Wait, is it the final death? Okay. <laughs> Baby's gone. She couldn't Spoilers, he's dead. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what a death scene for Stephen Jeffries, I say. Like, like not only we're gonna like revert you through like this in- incredibly intense makeup process. But then you can finally just like writhe for like a full minute on the floor before yeah. finally just collapsing. Um, the script actually says like he doesn't say anything um, in the movie. Uh, he says like ma ma, and Peter says nope. And, <laughs> uh, but uh, uh, in the script, Ed actually says he's sorry. That's he just says I'm sorry, and then he dies. Oh, that's much better. Much better. I like that. Oh, you like you? You'd prefer if he said he's sorry. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, he's this nerd outcast guy who's bonding with the you know outcast guy Peter Vincent, right? Yeah, uh, maybe he just realized like this was a this was a really bad idea. I mean, yeah, I don't know. You can kind of see it in it, in his acting in his face. That I mean, other than I mean, there's regret here. Yeah, yeah, he's <laughs> yeah, definitely he's sorry. Stuck. But but uh, <laughs> but I think that it's a little deeper than that. The last little um, when he reaches out. Yeah, I mean, a little head shake. I think we know. Stephen Jeffries. Evil Ed is such like a wild and just crazy and off the wall character that you know some people even watch this movie and like oh I, I love that movie but Evil Ed is too much you know but th- I think the acting that Stephen Jeffries puts in these final seconds is great um, yeah you know so I'm sure you guys have talked a lot about him in the other minutes but mm-hmm. uh, you know this is his final thirty seconds so let's pay him a, a bond, you know, let's pay him a good farewell here. I mean, what, what do, do you think he, was he doing this on purpose? Was Stephen Jeffries doing this? Like, like, was this his affect he was trying to put on or is this how he usually is? Or what was, what, what's his take on this character? What I mean, are you talking about? when we first, uh, when we first talked about him, um, he actually wasn't even a fan of horror. He had a, he, he like got a hotel room and hung up an Elvira poster to get himself yeah. like in the horror based mood. And yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. I don't, I, I mean, how, Len, you've actually met him. How, how close to evil Ed is, uh, he, is was, he? Of course it's like 30 years later. Yeah. He was much more reserved, but uh, he still has a 
weird sort of energy. He's ah. still he's that guy. He's not a Daniel Day Lewis where, he, where he's <laughs> you know he's a chameleon in every everything he does. But right? No, he he still had a little bit of that. You know, he's sort of nervous, and uh, you know, there's a little bit of quirk. He's just a quirky dude. He was very pleasant, very sweet to me. Ah. I don't know. I think he just amped up his own personality in this movie. I don't think that he... It was a character he was playing. I think this is the dude he is. I've never seen 976, 967 Evil, his next film. I, I have never seen it, but now I, I really I need to because we need to sort of compare performances and see. Okay. Earlier, many, 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 many weeks ago, we were talking about his roles, um, and I had said that um, he was in this movie that you know really messed me up as a, as a kid when I saw, which was uh, At Close Range with uh, Sean Penn and Christopher Walken. And uh, Stephen Jeffries plays like a, like a young a young punk, kind of like a, a friend of uh, Sean Penn's character, and uh, I, so I ended up watching it. And he is definitely um, I don't know, he 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 isn't that wild, but he is definitely I don't, I don't know. He he seemed more of like more boyish, you know, more innocent. Yeah. Um, and I think some of that is kind of coming out in this this kind of here. Yeah. No, you're you're absolutely right. That I mean, in 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 I think in death like innocence kind of comes out. Right. I mean, this is his last gasp. Uh Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not like Ed really went, I mean, he, yes, he chose to not fight and just give in to Jerry, but I don't think he really had a choice whether he was going to be turned into a vampire or not. Uh, I think he would have preferred not to be a vampire. Uh, you know, if he was really given a choice, uh, but I don't know. the, The, the whole, Thing where Jerry was offering protection and saying that nobody was going to pick on him anymore or anything like that um, kind of seduced him. Uh, I do wish, you know, somewhat that we did get some of, you know, maybe it would have been a, a bit too much added to this movie, but seeing like Ed in his normal day, like maybe uh, dealing with a bully or something like yeah, that and right. maybe getting revenge right. or something like, I don't know, might have took too much away from the main plot, but uh, yeah. probably would have made me feel a little bit more for him. Yeah. There's probably some cut scenes out there that did that, you know, they, they yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. guessing there are. There's nothing really in the script. Uh, oh, really? A lot, there's a lot of stuff that was you could see that was cut that's in the script, but um, yeah, true. Yeah. No, nothing extra with Ed. Really. I don't know. I, I think his character. We we never really hear that. We've all we've inferred everything we've talked about in this podcast about this character. We've inferred from his performance. Yeah. So I think that's a testament to Stephen Jeffries. Mm-hmm. We know that he's an out. Cast. We know that he's a weirdo. We know he probably got bullied. Him and Charlie used to be good friends. Like none of those things are said in the film, but it comes across. And I think a lot of it has to do with how funny and you know charming he is on screen, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, I'm really glad that. Uh, I mean, I, I read the novelization for this, and Evil Ed is a much more uh, jealous uh, character. He hates Amy. He's he's really mad at Charlie mainly because. That you know, Charlie is dating Amy and spending so much time with her rather than with him anymore, and he's really much more spiteful. And I'm glad they kind of excised that. I think that novelization was written from a you know an earlier version of the script. I'm glad they kind of axed all that. Um, So I think uh, I think it's good. It's whittled down. Um, Probably don't want to take 
take away from the main story too much of adding much more evil Ed. But in the end, I do I do feel bad for for Ed as he's going down here. You yes. know, I can see it. I can see a kindred spirits. You know, someone that uh, um, you know probably needed a little bit more love in his life. Yeah, <laughs> you know, Are you as, saying as a you child, a hug? I you know maybe maybe as a, maybe as a teenager, I could have used more of more hugs. <laughs> But uh, more hugs, less drugs, man. <laughs> Oops. Uh, so <laughs> I don't know. Do we want to say anything more about uh, about Ed here? I mean, we have one more little effect I want to talk about. Yeah, just R.I.P. R.I.P. Ed. Yeah, you were great. Yeah, not even evil Ed because he hated being called evil. So, don't don't yeah. call me evil. <laughs> uh, the script also says that. Um, this is Tom Holland uh, describing this last part. He says, uh, he dies, Peter staring down at him, sorrow struck by the waste and horridness of it all. So that was pretty nice. Um, but yeah, the very last effect shot is the the cross uh, fading from his forehead. And uh, in Cinefix, um, they this is Steve Johnson again. He says, we locked his head down in an exact position with a fiberglass plate, took the cross off, put his head back into the position and did the old Lon Chaney transformation, causing the cross to come right off his forehead. Later, the animation department embellished the cross a little bit so it would uh, appear to fade away more noticeably. I think that shot is perfect, except you can see where the guys were walking on the carpet. So, yep. Oh, really? I was seeing that too. You can totally see that. Oh, yep. yeah. The carpet's moved a little bit. And the carpet uh, moved a bit from a footprint or something, a couple of... Or... Or Mrs. Brewster came by and uh, vacuumed her up. She don't care about dead Ed. She just vacuumed. <laughs> dead Ed. Either, either that or like, you know, that carpet's so dirty it's infested with bugs that are, you know, oh, moving around underneath. Right. <laughs> uh, I will. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say that. Yeah, that you said they locked him down. He locked his head down with the plexiglass or whatever. And yeah, yeah I mean, it is it is incredible how how you know almost exactly the same spot that it is if you go back and forth over one second yeah. the only thing you really notice is the cross gone and the carpet moving yeah, yeah it's barely a hair moves his chest a little bit but that's it yeah yeah, yeah. um i will say the last uh, i do have a quote from stephen jeffries who just says uh uh i think i cried the first time i saw it so uh, cool. so oh <laughs> so anyway r.i.p ed um and uh yeah, so we get this one last moment with Peter, and just how could you even recover after watching that happen in front of you? Yeah. Um, according to this website, uh, Scriptophobic, uh, they they wrote up about this whole scene, and he says, um, "And as Peter Vincent reflects, it becomes clear what he must do, what he must become capable of. He, if he is to shield the rest of the world from Edward's fate, it may not be in the script, but the scene makes it abundantly clear that Peter Vincent, vampire hunter, is fiction no more." Hmm. So I like that. That's a great way to say it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so we leave this scene and we go over to the Dandridge house, and uh, we see that uh, Jerry has helpfully carried a uh, young unconscious Charlie up the stairs over his shoulder into the bedroom with Amy and drops him like a sack of potatoes. I mean, ow. <laughs> that, you know, there's one blanket on the floor. I can't imagine it being that soft. <laughs> uh, but it does wake him right up. <laughs> and, uh, and Jerry cheerfully says, you wanted her. Well, there she is. <laughs> 
and then and then he throws the spike or the stake into the ground somehow, which I love. That's one sharp stake to stick right into the floor like that. He's just out yeah. power. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's true. That's his vampire strength. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, his vampire strength doesn't overrule the strength of that piece of wood into the other piece of wood. <laughs> Damn it! Forgot <laughs> who we we're talking to. <laughs> um, so, uh, what do you what do you think of uh, Jerry Dandridge here, Matt? I, we we've finally gotten some time to talk about Jerry. Yeah. Well, um, my first thought as I'm seeing this scene because I haven't had a chance to talk to you guys about this is: Have you discussed the symmetry of the appearance of uh, Charlie and Jerry ever? Oh, what do you mean? They look like, very similar. Yeah, they do kind of. I mean, the brown hair. He's got yeah. brown pants, right? Well, no, I mean, saying like, so they both have curly brown, longish hair. They both have longer faces. They have similar noses. They're both in this scene wearing, you know, um, a buttoned up white or off white shirts. Yeah. The whole movie, they're, they're very, I mean, I don't know if the filmmakers were going for a kind of a dichotomy of, you know, good and evil or young and in, innocent and, uh, you know, hundreds of years old and evil or whatever. But they, they, it strikes me that two actors couldn't really look more similar at different ages. Hmm. Yeah, I never even noticed that. Quite honestly, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, if you look I, at, I wonder second, if it was deliberate. You know. Yeah, I mean, second forty-seven when uh, when Jerry looks back as he's leaving the door, you know, you get the close-up of his face and his shirt he's wearing, and then you know, two seconds, three seconds before it, it's just very striking how similar they are in appearance. Uh, yeah, I'm struck by that. But otherwise, I find I mean, Chris Sarandon is terrifying in this role when he transforms and when he, you know, I mean, even his seductive self in uh, in other scenes, he is he, he I think this is maybe his best role. I like him better in this than in Child's Play uh-huh. um, and anything else I've seen. him, and I think this is one of his, his best. He's got a lot to lot to chew on here. Yeah, and most people I think think of him as Prince Humperdinck from Princess Bride. Yeah, but, yeah, not uh, this is so much. I mean, that's a fun role, but this is I don't know. This is a yeah, this is a showstopper. This is yeah. a great role. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, also, I think I don't know if we were. I mean, I think we, there was some discussion about the um, the uh, the remake, and Colin Farrell does not hold. Uh, I mean, he he doesn't he doesn't come close to this level of menacing. I don't think right in performance. Yeah, it's going to be fun to rewatch that. Yeah. yeah <laughs> we'll see yeah. after doing this for hundreds of weeks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this this guy is he's he's class act. I mean, uh um I don't know was he I guess I'll ask you guys was he have you talked about his other roles was he in a lot of things in the 80s other than Child's Play and um Oh yeah, and he's he's got, he's got quite everything. the career. Yeah, he he's been in a lot a lot of movies. The the things that stick out were this, obviously, Child's Play, sure, but and Princess Bride. But I, I really like Bordello of Blood. Ah, yeah. 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 Um, yeah, and then you know something I never even thought about it, uh, but but Robin is a big Nightmare Before Christmas fan, and of course he's the voice of oh, the voice, Jack, yeah. Jack Skellington. I'm not yep. a big Nightmare Before Christmas fan, but I know this. Sure, <laughs> I, I, just I argue with people about whether Nightmare Before okay. Christmas is that that it really is a Christmas movie, and yeah. everybody's like, no, it's a Halloween movie, but they're wrong. Yeah, and uh, you know, at me, Fright Night Minute, uh, Fright Night Minute, <laughs> come, at me, bro. Oh, come at me, bro. <laughs> Yep. Well, what's interesting, what's curious to me is um, this is also the first minute that I've had to talk to you guys about William Ragsdale, and you oh, went right, to, you went right to Chris Sarandon. I mean, well, 
We love them all. <laughs> uh, but because, one of them has a bigger presence since he's an evil vampire. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, William Ragsdale, what, what do you think? Uh, well, you know what? I actually, before this, I, I, I hopped on IMDb and checked his his uh, you know his filmography, and th- th- I think he might be doing more than Chris Sarandon ever did because he is yeah. in a lot of TV, a lot of movies, and bits, yeah. you know, bit parts. It, I didn't, I did not expect to see that. I thought we were talking. Uh, he, you know, he fell off the map here, but nope. he's everywhere. Yeah, he's still been. He's he's still active. Yeah. Yep. I mean, he, yeah, he definitely. You know, this is one of his earliest roles, and uh, but he did move on to. I mean, he he. He's, I, you know, he stopped being kind of a leaning man, but I think he's a great, um, I mean, he was great on Justified and, and Search Party as a couple of TV roles. Um, oh. we went through a, we went through okay. a whole catalog when we first started talking about him earlier in the movie. Okay, good. Well, let me just ask you one quick question because you don't want to dwell on it here in minute 87, 88, 84, uh, 84. Oh, whoa. <laughs> I, 84. I jumped way ahead. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I'm in 84. So, uh, you know, he strikes me as like a real 80s John Cusack kind of guy. So yeah. why why didn't he go with that same trajectory in terms of level of fame? I mean, but do you like him as much or less than him? Or what do you think? Do I like William Ragsdale better or I, worse than John Cusack? Yes, because to me, they're like the same guy. And I mean, he's he's kind of doing the same kind of shtick in this in the same kind of acting in this movie. How dare you, uh, sir? Yeah. If you ever listen to this podcast, Bill, I think you're <laughs> rad. But John Cusack, are you fucking kidding me right now? That guy. I'm not. Uh, man, he's in one of my favorite movies of all time. I, well, so is William Ragsdale, really. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. Uh, yeah exactly. So yeah. come back to me, huh? He's either both in your favorite. <laughs> uh, I, I love Cusack. Um, In what? Yeah. Oh. Which, what's your favorite movie? Uh, well, it, there's two. Gross Point Blank. Okay. Love it. And, <laughs> I'm uh, literally wearing a championship yeah, record. Yeah, he's wearing a champion. And for that's the other one. High fidelity. I take it, but we've talked about it before. That, that was like the look for the leading man at, in this era. Think of Zach. Zach Galligan. Yeah. Zach Galligan from Gremlins or. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, okay. Michael J. Fox is, is close to this as well. You know, uh, just a yeah, nerdy, pasty type. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'll, gi- I'll give you that part. But. These guys are sort of tall, dark, curly hair. There's, there's a, there's uh-huh. a sort of a lot of heroes in that era of movie, don't you think? Yeah. Uh, well, that that's a fair point because yeah, Gremlins. You know that guy you said Zach Galligan, and my first thought was who. But yeah, <laughs> when you say Gremlins, it's the same character, same you know, same look, general appearance. So, an American Werewolf in London. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah uh, the Doctor Pepper guy. Blowing my mind. That's exactly. <laughs> okay, all right, all right. Cut, cut all this out because that is <laughs> an amazing point. Uh, and I mean, obviously, Amanda Bierce is also uh, great. Oh, don't say it. Don't on say the floor it. Here. it. Oh, okay. All right. I thought you were gonna. I thought you were gonna say it, it, who who her next character was. She plays. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, we've taught that to death here as well. Uh you're not gonna let me say Marcy Darcy. You no. said it. <laughs> no, no, no. Good. <laughs> All right, so um, bah, 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 bah. where was I in my notes? Um, so Charlie demands to know what Jerry did to her, 
And uh, Jerry just kind of smiles and walks out. <laughs> and uh, I love the little smirk, which is basically saying, you know, what do you like to know? You know, <laughs> this this smile that he's giving as he leaves the room is sticking his bottom jaw out a little bit. Yeah, that's a Brad Pitt smile. Look at that face right there. <laughs> I've seen Brad Pitt do that in every movie since, uh-huh. since in every yeah, movie. Yeah, I can ever see that. In. Yeah. He does that little yep. stick in your tongue and your bottom lip. Kind of. Yeah, yeah, that's an inglorious bastards kind of look right there. Yes, it is. <laughs> uh, I want me my scalps. Kind of look. We've mentioned in the past there. Uh, you know, I have an earlier script to this movie, and there, uh, there is some you know bad dialogue that Jerry had. You know, uh, especially like during the dance scene where uh, where in the movie, I I swear Chris Rand is just like just let's cut these lines. Just let me. Act. And I will say. I will say with my face what you're trying to make me say with my mouth, and it'll it'll be so much cooler. Right. Or it might have been you know Tom Holland's decision. Right. I'm not sure. Um, but usually he says something just kind of like really crude or whatever, mm-hmm. and it's just so not Jerry. Um, for this one, uh, he says, um, "You see, you gave me so much trouble. I thought you deserved a special punishment." And Charlie says, "What have you done to her?" Jerry says, nothing much. I just bit her a little bit. That's all. Right. <laughs> we yeah. just cut that out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We don't even need that. You just need that inglorious I just bit her a little print. bit. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, also, can I, can I ask you guys, like, uh, how, you know, Dracula is hundreds of years old. Is the most trouble he ever got from a teenage kid living next door? <laughs> is this a lot of trouble for him? <laughs> Yeah, I'm thinking he's like, "Mm, I might be, uh, I mean, might be ready to move here soon. (laughs) Well, I mean, you know, uh, does does he recall the time the villagers stormed his castle and burned? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, also, uh, in that cut part, uh, Charlie is also, also like lunges at Jerry and Jerry like throws him against the wall, which that might have been cool to see, but the corny, oh, I just bit her a little bit, (laughs) you know? Yeah, um, it doesn't fit the suave vampire for yeah, sure. Yeah, it really cuts down on how we perceive him. Um, so Jerry locks the door and makes his way to the stairs, and he's whistling. This guy loves to whistle. He, he does. was whistling Strangers of the Night earlier in the movie. <laughs> I don't know. When he thinks he's on top of his game, I think that's when he busts out the whistle. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, that, that's where he kind of cuts off his whistle, unfortunately. And uh, it's, I think it's about time to cut off our whistle. I'm not cutting I'm gonna, my whistle I'm going to start with yours. Uh, it's going to be a whole ceremony. Um, <laughs> but, wow. Wow. I love that. Okay. Matt, you can watch. Uh, <laughs> There's really not much to cut. <laughs> I hate to say it. <laughs> uh, so, again, Matt, thank you for joining us uh, today. Uh, you want to let folks know where they can find you? Yeah, certainly. You should all come and listen to my co-host and I talk about all your favorite movies at the Fun V podcast, where we're currently covering the X-Men movies after we did the full 23 arc of the 23 movie arc of the MCU. And uh, and also check out the Parkway Theater podcast, where my local theater is very exciting because they want to be on the cutting edge and do podcasts of the 80s and 70s movies um, screenings that they're doing. So, yeah, check us out there. It's a fun time. Awesome. And uh, as for us, uh, please follow us on Twitter at Fright Night Men. Send your feedback to Fright Night Minute at gmail.com. And please like, subscribe, and review us wherever you get your podcasts. And until next time, I'm Robin. I'm Bradley Pitts. 
And I'm Matt. Thanks for listening. Uh, have a fright night or some vanilla bullshit. <laughs> He's a vampire. A what?